Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, August the 23rd, 2022. It is currently 8.08 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Now, for our Bible study exercise, we have begun what we are calling the most comprehensive Bible book, Bible study method ever, or we can call it the most comprehensive book Bible study method uh, that, well, anyone could ever come up with. Maybe that's a little hyperbolic. Maybe we're exaggerating a little bit, but there is no question it is a very comprehensive method of Bible study, all right? A comprehensive book Bible study method to move you from someone who just reads about books of the Bible, who maybe just reads a book of the Bible, who may just listen to sermons about a book of the Bible, and tries to move you from that to someone who's actually studying the book of the Bible. So we have taught all of the methods. We have we have kind of introduced this week's, well, not this week's study. I don't know how long this is going to take. However many weeks it's going to take, we have decided, we chose the book that we're going to be working on. We're working on the book of Amos. We are working on the book of Amos. And I've already tried to tell you that the, the episodes for the Bible study exercise as we're working through Amos, the they're going to be a little bit different than normal, right? A lot of times I come in and I just give you like, here's your assignment, here's your assignment, here's your assignment, and then I kind of move on. Sometimes I'll turn on the microphone, do a lot of teaching. Uh, Sometimes I just ask a lot of questions because I'm trying to get you involved. But in this particular situation, what what, what I am trying to do is saying, okay, I've taught you the comprehensive book Bible study method. you've, You've got the tools. I've chosen the book for you, the book of Amos. You know what to do now. So I could just sit back, but I'm trying to turn on the microphone and almost trying to walk you through it step by step, step by step. Not so much just turning on the microphone, teaching you, but really just trying to walk through it almost in a I guess in in the last episode, it was a little bit more teaching, but it's really just trying to go, okay, here's what I'm finding, because what I'm doing is every step of this comprehensive book Bible study method, every step, I'm I'm doing it right here in this notebook right here. I'm writing everything down, just like I'm asking you to do. I'm working on it slowly but surely. So there's going to be different times I simply turn on the microphone and share with you some of the things I have written down, some of the things I have discovered to, well, one, offer maybe different things that you haven't seen or you haven't considered. And then you can, of course, email me and show me what things you've discovered, what things you have found, what things you think are significant as we work through it. Now, the first thing I had you do is try to do kind of a a brief overview, a brief summary about kind of the minor prophets in general, just kind of like, okay, what was going on at this time? Just some basic information. And we looked at that. If you you remember the things we did did in kind of the overview I gave you, we, we, we kind of identified what's called the minor prophets, and we identified them as being 12 books, and they're often referred to as the minor prophets. We try to kind of find the origin of when they started being called, started being called the minor prophets. And that led us somewhere to the fourth century. Uh, some, some try to connect it to around the time of Augustine, but they didn't necessarily say he was responsible for it. Um, so we didn't, we didn't, we didn't really like, now just remember, this is just the overview of the minor prophets is very basic because there would be a part of me that would want to stop right there and go, well, wait a minute. Why don't what we need to know more about the origin? But in this particular case, I don't need to know necessarily more about the origin of why they're called the minor prophets for the purpose of this study. The purpose of this study is to prepare us for the book of Amos, right? Remember, remember how it works? Before we can actually start studying the book, we've got to get some background information. So I thought we would kind of extend the background part of this comprehensive book Bible study method to looking at the minor prophets 
kind of as an overview, a summary, just to kind of let us know where we are. So pursuing the origin of why they're called the minor prophets doesn't really help us in accomplishing that. But we looked at that a little bit. We also talked about that they're only minor because of their, they're shorter than say Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Ezekiel. Uh, We talked about the origin of the prophetic office and all of the significance of the origin of the prophetic office. I thought that was very important. We talked about the literary features of the minor prophets. We talked about the common literary forms in the minor prophets. And then we talked a little bit about how to outline a prophetic book and some of the things you look for in outlining a prophetic book. And now, and I saw some of the work that other people had done and they found some interesting things. They found some interesting things. And I was like, wow, that, do I turn on the microphone and share that? Then there was a part of me that said, I know what I'll do. I know what I'll do. I'll find some other messages and sermons out there where they kind of give an overview of the minor prophets and we'll review one or two. And I I found them, got them queued up, ready to go, almost turned on the microphone earlier today to go live going, okay, here's another overview of the minor prophets. But then I realized, no, because that would probably take two or three episodes. And I that would... That would almost distract us. We, we all we're trying to do is just get a basic kind of a, a basic understanding of some things in regards to the minor prophets in general so that we are just more, even more prepared to then enter into the direct book background portion of this comprehensive book study method. And, and be, and because we need to know as much as we can. So before we step into the book, before we even open our Bible and read the book of Amos, we have all of this kind of background information, so we step step into the book prepared. At this point in the comprehensive book Bible study method, we haven't even really oh, we haven't even looked at the book of Amos. We've not even started reading it because we are trying to prepare ourselves that when we open up to the book of Amos and start reading, we we are prepared. We understand the culture, we understand the time, we understand the place, we understand the people. We, we We have some understanding so that we just don't enter into the book all confused and almost ignore all of the culture, the people, and everything and make it about us. So that's why I kind of extended that background a little bit over the, to the overview. I think some people have, are maybe expressed, well, did I do enough? I don't know. Just get some basic information, all right? Many of the resources we've pointed you to, encyclopedias, dictionaries, handbooks, may have an entry or something there about the minor prophets as a whole. And, and you can just use what I did. And don't forget the video on the YouVersion Bible app. If you download the YouVersion Bible app, look for us, Theology Central, select us as your church. Then all you have to do is start the featured plan. Day one, devotional one, watch the video. And that kind of gives you at least a little bit of overview as well. We're trying to get you to have that basic idea. But tonight, on this Tuesday evening, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you are in your study. But for me, tonight was, okay, we we kind of did an overview of the minor prophets. Now, I, I see the I see Amos right there in front of me. I see, I see the book that we're going to study, right? But before, remember I told you to look at the book as a portal, before I step into that portal and gets transformed, or transformed, <laughs> I, I, not transformed, before I am transported to a different place, different time, different culture, before I step in and I'm transported, I need to spend some time preparing myself for that, and we're using the book background method. Now, <laughs> I could do this where I'm just like, okay, here are the things you need to know. And I could just start teaching it, but I, I'm really just going to try to walk you through some of the things I discovered and maybe ask some questions. I, I guess one of the things I really want to get into people's minds right here is when they get to the book background method, right? You've obviously chosen the book. You've gathered your resources. You've listed your resources. You've abbreviated your resources. We've talked about all of that. The very, really the very first thing you do with the book background method is you start with what's called the vital questions. Who, who, what, where, when, how, whom, you know, more than six, but we just call them the vital questions. Some people call them the six vital questions. 
but people can become very, very like nervous. I'm like, okay, so who? I'll just ask one who question. What? I'll just ask one what question. Where? I'll just ask one where question. When? And and what I I guess what I want people to understand is no when when you're getting ready to study this book and you're and you're doing the book background that who what where why how who how, all the different ways you want to phrase it all of those vital questions I want you to realize that you can ask an unlimited number you want to ask as many questions that are necessary so that you have a firm grasp on the background of the book so that you are prepared for being transported into the world of the book. So I'll try to demonstrate a little bit of that. So here's what I have down. Amos, book background. The vital questions. And the first vital question I wrote down in my notebook was, who wrote the book? It's always a great place to start. Who is the author of the book? Sometimes there is great significance in understanding who the author is. Sometimes we may not even know dogmatically who the author was. Sometimes after finding out who the author was, we really may not be able to draw any information that gives us some insight. But in this particular case, we know who wrote the book. The, it was the, we will refer to, now this is, this is interesting. We could ask a question here. Some of the resources that I have, in fact, let me verify this. Let me verify. I'm going to look over here and grab the Nelson's uh, Illustrated Bible Dictionary. It says, okay, yes, this is interesting. It says the author of the book was the prophet Amos. I think on one hand, it's fair to refer to him as a prophet, right? Because obviously he gives a prophecy here. But was he, should we refer to him as a prophet? Or do we simply refer to him as something else who had a prophetic message? Did he actually serve in a capacity like an official prophet? I guess we could ask those questions. I don't know if it would really impact anything because some some sources were like, well, he wasn't really a professional prophet. He was a herdsman. He was a shepherd. He was a, he he did these other things. So this seemed to be like a temporary thing. You've got to. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna use you to deliver this message. So do I refer to him as the prophet Amos, or do I simply refer to him as the herdsman who had a prophetic? message. Does that even matter? Just just a question. But most sources will refer to him as the prophet Amos. And he's referred to as the prophet Amos in the uh, New Illustrated Bible Dictionary, or Nelson's, I should say, Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, page 51. And of course, uh, we also see this in the first chapter, first verse of Amos, which I'm trying not, I'm trying for us not to get necessarily into the text itself, but that's obviously another source for that information. So with the, he, uh, the book was written by the prophet Amos, uh, the new uh, Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, page 51, and Amos 1. 1. Now, immediately, so there's the who. Immediately, the, the right underneath that, I put down, what do we know about Amos. So what, what a lot of times what I try to do, and again, this is just so important, and I'm trying to walk you step by step through this. The, the skill of a Bible student is their ability to ask good questions. The better your questions, the more focused your questions are, the more relevant your questions are the better you will be at discovering the meaning and the truth of the text and, and better at understanding the background. So for me, in my mind, okay, who wrote the book of Amos? Oh, that was the prophet Amos. Great. Now, what's the, to me, I sit there and this is how I process it. What would be the next logical question? Well, what do we know about Amos? Who was Amos? I mean, it's, it's one thing to know. Amos wrote the book. Great. 
What can what do we know about Amos? What can we know about Amos? So I that's so that's what I did. My first question was who wrote the book? Then I put the prophet Amos. Then I uh, I placed my abbreviation NIBD page 51 NIBD Nelson uh, Illustrated Bible Dictionary and then I put Amos 11 because I know Amos 11 identifies who the author is that it's the words of the prophet Amos all right so there we go all right so I wrote that then immediately my next question what do we know about Amos and the first thing I wrote down name means. All right? We know who wrote it. So what are some other things we know about Amos? Well, we know the meaning of his name. Because I think in every resource you look at, they will tell you the meaning of his name. That everyone seems to think it's significant enough to mention it. Bible dictionary, Bible handbook, I think everywhere mentions his name. His name means, now I, there is some disagreement here. According to the Ultimate Bible Guide, page 185, the, the name uh, Amos means burden bearer, someone who is bearing a burden, someone who's carrying a burden. However, if you look up Amos and the Blue Letter Bible app, and you look at the Hebrew interlinear, you'll find that it simply means a burden. So, Burden, burden bearer. All right. So, so my, my, my next question was, so my first question was, who wrote the book? Answer, the prophet Amos. What do we know about Amos? Now, you'll notice kind of what is happening here. If you know a little bit about church history, you're basically creating a catechism. You're basically creating a catechism. Remember, a catechism was basically biblical and theological instruction done in a question and answer format because it's easy to memorize, right? It's easy to, you're basically creating an, a, a catechism, which really helps you memorize all of this. Who wrote the book? Amos. What do we know about Amos? Well, the first thing we know is the meaning of his name. What is the meaning of his name? Burden or burden bearer. Well, what could be the significance of the meaning of his name? So that's the next logical question. Who wrote it? What do we know about it? Well, we know his, the meaning of his name. Well, what could be significant about the meaning of his name? Now, you could say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You should just, con you, you, you want to know what do we know about Amos? You, you probably shouldn't interrupt that. No, I should interrupt that because that's the next logical question, right? The next logical question is, okay, his name means burden bearer. Well, wonderful. What is the significance of that? What, what is the significance of that? I, I think there, ha I'm not saying that there is, but I at least have to ask the question. So what could be the significance of the meaning of the name? And I wrote this down. Prophets frequently spoke of their messages as burdens. A prophetic utterance could be ominous and foreboding. A denouncing of evil and a pronouncing of judgment against a place or a people. And for my support of this idea, well, First, I was borrowing a little bit from the New Illustrated Bible Dictionary, page 232, but I was also borrowing from Isaiah 13, 1 and Ezekiel 12, 10. Let me just give you an example from Isaiah um, 13, 1. Isaiah 13, 1. Let me reach over here and grab my Bible. Isaiah 13, 1. Isaiah 13, 1. Here we go. Isaiah 13, 1. The burden, there's the word burden, of Babylon, which Isaiah, the son of Amos, did see. The burden of Babylon. Now, the burden of Babylon means it's an ominous message. Remember how, we, how I wrote it down, that, there, that the, the prophets 
frequently spoke of their messages as a burden. A prophetic utterance could be ominous and foreboding, a denouncing of evil and a pronouncing of judgment against a place or people. Well, there you're getting ready to get a word of judgment against a place. The place is Babylon, right? So it's a burden. So Amos is the burden bearer or is Amos himself the burden? Do we see Amos? Is Amos a burden to the people because he's bringing these words of judgment? So do we perceive that Amos is the one who is the burden or is Amos the one carrying the burden? In other words, if you are a prophet with a message of judgment, in a sense, on one hand, you are a burden to the people, right? You are burdening them down with a very negative message, but you are also, in a sense, the one carrying the burden. So like you are a burden to the people, but you're the one carrying the burden. I think there's an interesting like word picture there going on that really kind of gives an idea of what the prophet was going to endure. And so I just think it's interesting. That's what his name means. Is there significance to it? I think there's possibility. So let's go through how I've got mine organized. And I'm doing this on purpose, right? I could just teach this. I could organize this nice and neat. I'm just showing you how it is in my notebook and help you understand why I'm doing this. I, what I really want you to see is that when you get ready to start your book background method from the comp comprehensive book Bible study method, I want you to realize when you get to these vital questions, some people are just like, okay, I got the who, I got the what, I got the when, I got the where, I got the how, I got the whom, I'm done. And it's like, don't be so quick. Now, at some point, you have to stop yourself. The main thing is, is this question relevant to the background of the book or is my question going to really kind of jump ahead and try to get me into the book? I think that's, I think that's what you have to try to distinguish. And I, I think some people struggle here. But so let's see how I put mine together. All right. I wrote down the vital questions. And then I, my first one was, who wrote the book. I wrote down the prophet Amos. I gave my reference by an abbreviation, NIBD, page 51, Amos 1-1. What do we know about Amos? Name means burden bearer. Ultimate Bible Guide, UBG, page 185. Amos equals burden, Blue Letter Bible app. BLB app is how I have it abbreviated. Okay. Now, right there. Now, you could say, but wait a minute. You said, what do we know about Amos? You got to keep going about what do we know about Amos? But I did not. I, in I interrupted that line of questioning to insert another question. I think that this was the appropriate time to insert it. What could be the significance of the meaning of his name? And I wrote, prophets frequently spoke of their messages as burdens. A prophetic utterance could be ominous and foreboding a denouncing of evil and a pronouncing of judgment against a place or a people. Isaiah 13, 1, Ezekiel 12, 10, New Illustrated Bible Dictionary, NIBD, page 232. What else? But what else do we know about Amos? Well, we know his name. We know his occupation. He appears to be a herdsman. He appears to be a herdsman from the New International Bible, the New Illustrated Bible Dictionary, NIBD, or Nelson's. Why do I want to keep saying new? The Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary. I think the actual title does say the New Illustrated Bible Dictionary, but it's actually the Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary. So I guess you could, you could call it new or Nelson's and it would be accurate. So, um, but it's the Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, which we have the new addition of, right? So does that make sense? All right. Now, according to my notes, I say it's on page 51. And if I go to page 51, I see this. The author of this book was the prophet Amos, since it is clearly identified in the introduction as the words of Amos, chapter 1, verse 1. Amos was a humble herdsman or shepherd, so we know who it is, it's Amos. We know what his name means, burden bearer. We know that there's a possible significance to the meaning of that name. And we know his occupation is a herdsman, a shepherd. 
According to the Blue Letter Bible app, we could refer to him as a sheep raiser. We could refer to him as a sheep dealer. We could refer to him as a sheep tender. That's from the Blue Letter Bible app. Here is someone who is tending sheep. Here is someone who's a herdsman. He is taking care of animals. And then, guess what? So let's go through this again. I'm, I'm literally trying to take you step by step. And th- I'm doing this on purpose, right? Because I'm trying to help you become, grasp the Bible study method, all right? So here we go. Who wrote the book? Amos. New illustrated, uh, Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, page 51, Amos chapter 1, verse 1. What do we know about Amos? Name means burden bearer. The Ultimate Bible Guide, UBG, page 185. Amos equals burden, blue letter Bible app or the BLB app. All right, so we got that down. The next logical question then, what could be the significance of the meaning of the name? Prophets frequently spoke of their messages as burdens, as prophetic utterance could be ominous and foreboding, a denouncing of evil, and a pronouncing of judgment against a place or a people. Isaiah 13.1, Ezekiel 12.10, Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, page 232. The next thing we can know about him is he was a herdsman. He was a shepherd. Amos 1.1, New Illust- Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, page 51. And according to the, B- uh, the BLB app, the Blue Letter Bible app, he was a sheep raiser, a sheep dealer, or a sheep tender. And then I wrote the next. Once again, I kind of interrupted this line of questioning because what would be the next logical question? Is there possibly any significance to his occupation? If there's possible significance to his name, is there any possible significance to his occupation? Now, most of the resources I looked looked at did not specifically say, here's the significance of it, right? But a few seem to argue that his occupation would identify him or be or be characteristic that he would be of humble origins. In other words, this wasn't someone in a position of power or a position of fame or a position of of maybe great societal respect. He's just someone keeping the sheep. He's just someone keeping the animals. At the same time, is it possibly significant? that he's a herdsman and now he's got to bring a message of judgment to the people. Is somehow there's a correlation between be keeping sheep and now bringing a message of possible judgment, a burden to the people. Do, do you see a core? Is there anything significant? Now we don't want to make it, we don't want to put something there that's not there, but I think it's, it's worthy of a conversation. It's worthy of a discussion. All right. Then the next, so again, my, my, let's go through these again. I'm not going to read all the answers now. Who wrote the book? We've, we've talked about that. What do we know about who wrote the book? What is the significance of this part? And then we, we found out that, uh, I'm sorry, who wrote the book? Uh, what do we, then we asked, what do we know? We know what his name means. What is the significance of his name? Then we found out that he's a herdsman. We asked, what is the significance of that? And then we found out that he is from Tekoa. Tekoa. All right. We found out that he is from Tekoa and we found this from Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, page 51. We also find it in Amos 1.1. And we, this is what we find out about Tekoa. Tekoa was a village near Jerusalem in the southern kingdom of Judah. Tekoa was a village near Jerusalem in the southern kingdom of Judah. Judah. Now, why is that significant? And so you could write down, we could write down, um, oh, I did get write down more information. From Tekoa, the town was just a few miles from the busy caravan uh, route linking Jerusalem with Hebron and Beersheba. And that's from Jensen's survey of the Old Testament. All right. So we know a couple of things about Tekoa. It was a village near Jerusalem in the southern kingdom of Judah. That's the thing that jumped out at me. Um, 
It, uh, Tekoa was a town that was just a few miles from the busy caravan route linking Jerusalem with Hebron and Beersheba. Is there any significance to any of that? So I wrote down, what would be my next thing I would write down? What is the possible significance of where he was from? Is there any significance to where he is from? I think it, I think the one significance is that begins, begins to give us a little insight. He's from the southern kingdom of Judah. Now, this is something very important. Whenever you're reading a prophet, whether it's quote-unquote the major prophet or a minor prophet, you always have to stop and ask yourself, okay, to whom is this prophet ministering to? Is he ministering to the northern kingdom or the southern kingdom? Right? You need to know which which he is he is he somehow prophesying before the kingdom splits, after the divided kingdom? Does he minister when one of those kingdoms has been sent into exile or after the exile? Those are because that gives us some information. This is the first clue. This is the first clue. And we're not even far into our book ground. We know that he lived in the southern kingdom of Judah. So that would probably give us maybe, maybe a hint, or at least we could start speculating. Well, there's probably a good chance that he he is a prophet to the southern kingdom of Judah. Now, we well, I don't want to jump ahead because I can immediately just start going in a million different directions. So, who wrote the book? What do we know about the person who wrote the book? We know a couple of things. We know what his name means. Then we have to stop and ask ourselves, what is the significance of the meaning of his name? What is, what is another thing we know about him? We know that he's a herdsman. We have to ask the question, is there possibly any significance to his occupation? We also know that he is from Tekoa. We know he is from Tekoa. Is there any significance to where he is from? Here's the question. Oh, there, there's more we could we, there's more we could ask, but I'm just going to go ahead and throw this one in right now. You can add this wherever you want in your list. Is Amos is the author of this book? Is Amos mentioned anywhere else in the Bible? Is Amos mentioned anywhere else in the Bible? If so, what do you discover? If no, what does that signify? I think I think I think that's a good thing to ask, right? Because I mean, we we the minor prophets tend to be somewhat obscure. We don't often know a lot about them. So I think it's important. Is Amos mentioned somewhere else? Because we may be given some greater insight into something about Amos. We may be able we may be able to uncover something. But if he's not mentioned anywhere else, then that means all we can really know about Amos is either well from the text itself or maybe from some speculation. But we know we're not getting it from Scripture. So I'm just going to write this down while we're live on the air. So is there, is there any significance in where he is from? Next is, well, hang on, hang on. I, I do want you to add that question. Is, is Amos mentioned anywhere else? I do want you to add that, but I, I can't add it in my notes because remember right now what I'm trying to figure out is what do we know about Amos? What do we know about Amos? So I need to look at the things that we definitely know. But at some point, maybe by the time I go through all the things that we do know about Amos, right? If I if I look at for other things that we may know about him, when I end this, I am going to ask, is he mentioned anywhere else in the Bible? But what else can we know about Amos? I'm just going to I'm just going to grab the Bible dictionary really quick. What else can we know? What else can we know? I'm going to remove that cover. Let's see what else do we know about him? Um, let's see here. We know this. Um, 
He prophesied. When did he prophesy? All right. We, 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 do we want to do this? That's, do I want to add this here? Now, I got to think this through. What else do we know about Amos? See, I, I think we're just going through the basics, right? We got his name. We got his occupation. We got where he was from. If I start adding things about like when, I, that's, not, that's going beyond a, a information about him. So does the dictionary offer me any other specific thing about him that I need to know? And um, I'm going to say everything else we could put in a different question. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going, I'm, I'm just going to leave that there. Who, who wrote the book, Amos? What do we know about him? And I've got the basic things, right? What does his name mean? Where he was from? Oh, do we have, this, this would be, be interesting. Um, I'm going to have to do this. The words of Amos, who was among the herdsmen of Tekoa. I know I'm kind of reading here. I, I, I should not. I'm trying to avoid actually going to the text, but I'm, I've just got to. I've just got to see this, which he saw concerning Israel and the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and then the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. Now, guess what? I don't appear to find in verse one. Now, I was looking to see, do we know the name of his father? Do we know the name of his family? Do we know any of that? And I'm not seeing that. So I'm not going to go look for it right now. But if, if I was to find it, I would put down, he is the son of this individual or the son of this individual. If any of your resources mention it, you, you could write it down, depending on how you're organizing your questions. But I would write that down. So I'm going to stop right there with my questions of, so who wrote it? Amos. What do we know about Amos? We know what his name means. We know his occupation and we know where he was from. I don't see anything else immediately jumping out that is significant. If you do, you can add this, but I'm going to then ask this question. Okay. Is, I'm going to go ahead and put it down because I thought maybe there would be some more things we could write down, but I'll just go ahead and place this here. Is, Amos mentioned in any other scripture? I already know the answer. I'm not going to tell you. I already know the answer. Now, if, if, if I determined that he was, then I would want to go look there and go, Okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. I know this about Amos. Now I know who his family was. Oh, I know this. I know this. I, like, if there's any other information, if he's not, then, well, we may not know a lot about Amos. And you could argue it's not about Amos. It's about the burden that he has to deliver. It's about the burden that he's carrying. In a sense, he's kind of almost an anonymous herdsman, an anonymous sh keeper of sheep, who has this message from God. Who wrote the book? Amos. What do we know about him? Come on, class. What do we know about him? We know his name. We know his occupation. We know where he's from. Is there anything else about Amos that we know that we can just clearly see? The dictionary gives, almost, gives very little information. They start going into when they start going into when he, he prophesied. And we will get to that question because we're going to ask the vital questions, who, where, when, why. We're going to ask all of those questions. It's just, I don't want to place it right here. Like, I, there's a part of me that says, you know what? I could just say, what do we know about Amos? Well, I know when he, but I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'll leave that separate. Here, I just want to play, who is the author? Amos. What do we know about him? And I want the very basic things. The meaning of his name, his occupation, and where he's from. If there was family connection, I would put, put we know he's related to this or was the son of this, or we, we would place that here, but we don't appear yet to have come across any information that would tell us that. And then, and then I just went ahead and wrote down the question, is Amos mentioned anywhere else in Scripture?
because it just seems like the logical thing. Like, because I think when you start looking at this information about Amos, well, what do we know about him? You're going to be like, that's it. So then the most next obvious question would be, is he mentioned somewhere else? If I look at the ultimate guide of the Bible, they mention literally, it says, Amos, the 8th century prophet from Judah to the northern kingdom of Israel, has given his name to the book and his composer, his name means burden bearer in Hebrew. I think it just means burden in Hebrew, but that's okay. Um, and literally, that's all they give us. Oh, wait, here's the author. Uh, oh, I may have found something. Okay. All right. Um, do we want to write this down? Do we want to write this down? I, I just ca- I just came across something here. Um, oh, that's th- there's some interesting things here. I, I don't want to get I don't want to give too much away here. I don't want to give too much away here. Um, We can put this down. He was a gather, a gather, a gatherer of sycamore figs. A gatherer of sycamore figs. A gatherer of sycamore figs. So I'm going to write this down. Um, he was a herdsman, and I'm going to write right next to that. A gatherer of, and I already, I knew this because someone else had shown me in their book, but I was seeing if if I could stumble across it. What I'm trying to show is as you continue to look, you may find new things here. Um, And he is a gatherer of sycamore. I've got to write this down. Of sycamore, S-Y, C-A-M-O-R-E of sycamore figs. Now I have to write the uh, source, which is the ultimate Bible guide. U-B-G, page 189. And they supposedly gather that information. Sorry if I'm hitting the microphone. From... Um, well, they don't say. I know it's in, I think, chapter seven. I'm not going to say, but I'll, well, I'll, I'll have to look that up. See, I'm trying not to get us too much into the book, but that's something we know about him. Here's something else we know about him. All right. We do know he's from Tekoa. We do know, um, he wasn't a son of a prophet. We know he wasn't a son of a prophet, right? Um, And we know this from the Ultimate Bible Guide, UBG, page 189. And we also know this from Amos chapter 7, verse 14. I think Amos 7, 14. See, I I don't want to get too much into the book, but sometimes when you're doing the background work, you have to kind of look at it. Um, Chapter 7. I believe it's chapter 7. And, okay, uh, and I was a gatherer of sycamore fruit, Isaiah. Amos 7, 14. So Amos 7, 14 also tells us that. So when it says he was a gatherer of sycamore we can also put down Amos, if I said Isaiah, I apologize, Amos 7, 14. There we go. So we found a little bit more information. Let me see. Was there anything else here that we wanted to point out? Anything else? And remember, the, I'm doing this on purpose, right? This is the way some of these episodes are going to be just like this. Me turning on the microphone, just like you were sitting down with me and we're working through it. I'm doing this on purpose, Okay. Some people will like it. Some people will hate it. That's okay. Um, I, I wanted to do it this way. All right. Let's see. What else do we have, have here? Um, 
is C. It says he was not trained for religious work. I was not a prophet or a son of a prophet. So I guess we could say he was not a prophet. What else do we know about Amos? He was not a prophet. So I'm just going to write that one down. He wasn't a prophet. And that's in Amos 7.14 as well. And in the Ultimate Bible Guide, page, same page, same page, 189. There we go. All right, so what do we have this evening? We, we didn't make, now I want you to see, we didn't make it very far. We've spent 45 minutes without even trying. We've spent 45 minutes just talking this out, right? How, just, just working this through. Okay, so we're looking at the vital questions. The first vital question is almost always who? Who wrote the book? That's always a good place to start. That's just easy. That, that kind of gives you that first place to start. Who wrote the book? Amos did. We know that from the Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, page 51, and from Amos 1.1. What do we know about Amos? Well, we know his name means burden bearer, and we know this from the Ultimate Bible Guide, page 185. Uh, and we know that the name can mean simply mean burden from the Blue Letter Bible app. What could be the significance of his name? We talked about what could be the significance of his name. We also, so we know, what do we know about uh, Amos? We know the meaning of his name. Secondly, we know that he was a herdsman. We know he was a herdsman from Amos 1.1 and from Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary, page 51. We also know from the Blue Letter Bible app that you, he could be referred to as a sheep raiser, a sheep uh, dealer, or a sheep tender. We also know that he was a gatherer of sycamore figs, according to the Ultimate Bible Guide, page 189, and Amos chapter 7, verse 14, all right? We also know that he was from Tekoa, all right? And we learned a little bit about that. We also know that he wasn't a son of a prophet, all right? Uh, Ultimate Bible Guide, page 189, and Amos 7, 14. And we know he wasn't a prophet's, uh, he wasn't a, uh, I'm sorry, he wasn't a son of a prophet, uh, Ultimate Bible Guide, page 189, Amos 714, and he wasn't a prophet. Uh, Ultimate Bible Guide, page 189, and Amos 714. See, just when I thought, okay, we, we've got enough here about what do we know about him, we, we just keep reading, and all of a sudden we find a little bit more information. We find a little bit more information, but that's okay. That's what, see, so now we have some idea of what we're getting into before we even get there. Now, you can say, what, so what would be the next question in your vital questions? Well, if you go back to our notes on this method, who wrote the book? Then who wrote the book turned into what do we know about who wrote the book? Okay, but when was the book written? When was the book written? Now, this is very important. You have to distinguish. Please hear me out. You have to distinguish between when was the book written and when did the events of the book take place? Okay, when was the book written, right? That's very important. And when does the events talked about in the book occur? Sometimes that's just very critical. The book was written here, but when did the events occur? Because sometimes the book is written at one point in time, but the events that are spoken of happen 10 years later, 20 years later, 50 years later. Or was the book written after the events? So when was the book written and when do the events occur? Sometimes there's a big difference. Look, Moses, if we believe in the mosaic authorship of Genesis, well, guess what? Moses... Uh, wasn't alive for any of that. So clearly it wasn't written down. The book was written much later than the events that occurred. So those are the kinds of things you just want to know that distinction. So the next question you would work on is when was the book written? When, when did the events talked about in the book occur? Where was the book written? Why was the book written? Whom was it written to? What was going on when the book was written? What was going on at the time of the events of the book? Those are some other questions you can start working on. Now, what you should do, though, is once you ask one of these questions, there may be another logical question that arises. Write it down. As long as it's dealing with the book, with the background information, you have to know where to say, nope, 
that question, nope, that question's going to take me away from what I'm trying to accomplish. That's, that question is distracting me. All right. No one asked any questions. No one mentioned anything in the chat. It's just completely silent. <laughs> I don't know if this was helpful. Well, I'll have to hopefully get some good feedback from people. Um, it may have to be negative, but I, I, I at least wanted to try. I'm going to try to do at least some episodes like this where I just kind of walk you through it. Like, I mean, I mean, it would have been easy. Uh, look, I could have done this in a far easier way, right? All right, guys. Here's what we're going to do. We're working on Amos right now, okay? And we're working on some of those vital questions. So tonight, I'm going to do this. Tonight, we're going to find out who wrote the book and what can we know about him. And I could have said, who, who wrote the book? Amos. Okay, here's what we know about him. Number one, number two. Number, I could. I mean, I have it already pretty much for the most part. Most of that was already organized in my notes. But I just kind of wanted to walk through it, like struggling with it. So that when you're sitting there, you've got all of your resource material and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this comprehensive book Bible study method. And then you're like, I just don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Well, now you literally just kind of watch. You kind of listened. You didn't watch. You kind of, you, but you listened and you kind of walked with me through the first steps. Now, next time I may just teach them more than, I may just give you the content instead of walking through it. Um, okay. Uh, this is, okay. Someone said that it was helpful. Okay, good. I pay, I pay them like about a hundred dollars a week to say things like that. So, um, so this is what they said. I stopped myself from looking further into the meaning of his name because I thought you would say that was a distraction. Hmm. That's interesting. I, it could be a distraction. The only reason I thought, and I'll just give my justification. The reason I don't think it's a distraction is because the meaning of the name, burden. As soon as I saw, I mean, I already knew, but just if I let's say I did not know, as soon as I heard the word burden, I'm like, oh, oh, I know what the word burden means when referencing the prophets. I already had that knowledge. So I'm like, okay. This is a minor prophet. He's giving a prophecy and his name is connected to a burden. And the word burden is very much connected to prophetic messages because of their nature of being foreboding and being judgment, pronouncing judgment. It is a burden. So that's why I felt it was acceptable to pursue that line of reasoning because I believe it directly relates to the content of the book. And I do believe it raises an interesting question. Is Amos the burden, like the people see Amos as a burden to them, at the same time, does it mean that Amos has to carry this burden? Like, is there two kind of meanings there? So I think it's significant. That's my justification for doing that. But but I, I do like the fact that someone is like, well, I kind of dropped it because I, I didn't want to get distracted. It, that's, look, that's the million dollar question for every one of these questions. Like, that, that's the million dollar question for every question you ask in your book background method, right? So who wrote the book? Boom, Amos. Some people, that's what they would have just stopped right there. They would have just stopped right there. But I think you have to ask, well, what do we know about Amos? All right. So now, whenever I find out something about what we know, I know about his name. All right. Now, what is it? Do I ask the question, what is significant about that? I can say, I can write down on my notes, what is significant about his name? Well, from my initial look, it looks like there could be some very interesting things. I just don't think it relates to the book. I may write that down in my notes. What is his occupation? Are, are we, we know, what do we know about him? We know his name. We know his occupation. What is significant about his occupation? Now, if I can't really, if I can't be dogmatic, I can't be occupied, where was he from? Right? What else do we know about him? We know where he was from. So you can you can kind of see that each question can lead to more questions. You just have to try to figure out. Mm. And what you can do is you can you can ask other people. Hey, okay, I'm trying to do the book background. I'm I'm down to you know why was the book written? And as soon as I started trying to figure this out, I came up with all these other seven questions. 
you know, other, maybe who, what, where, when, other who, what, where, when, how questions. Do you think they're relevant? You may have to ask someone else, but you just got to step back and go, is this going to help me understand the background to this book or is it going to distract me? It, it, you're going to have to make those decisions. And guess what? Sometimes you're going to make the wrong decision and you're going to skip information you needed. That's okay. That's why we, that, that's why we never stop studying the Bible. But you just have to make those decisions. You have to make those decisions. Like I almost stopped. See, there was a part of me that was like, you know what? I think that's enough. Who wrote the book? Amos. What do we know about him? We know the meaning of his name. We know his occupation. We know where he was from. Okay. Is he mentioned? And then I'm going to ask the question, is he mentioned anywhere else in the Bible? And then I was going to be done. But then a minute, I did a little bit more reading. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I almost missed this. You know what else we know about him? He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't the son of a prophet. Oh, and he was a gatherer of of sycamore uh, figs. Now, is there any significance about gathering of the sycamore figs? Oh, now I just thought of an idea. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got, oh, I'm, I'm not going to give it as homework. I'm not going to give it as homework. See, if I'm not careful, I could pursue that. I could chase that. I don't know. I don't think it matters. I, I don't think it matters. There's a part of me that wants to kind of chase that, but I, I don't, I don't think I am. I think we'll just We'll note, note that. Now, maybe we'll find something in Amos that will make us come back to that. But for now, I don't think I'm going to pursue that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I got an idea, but I'm not, I'm not, not going to pursue it. All right. There you have it. The, the really the goal of this tonight was just to try to say, hey guys, are, what are you doing in your study tonight? Where, where are you at in your study? What's going on? Hey, here's what I found. Now, everything I just gave you, you probably already knew. I probably didn't give you anything new, but it may encourage some to go, I, I, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do this as well. I'm going to participate as well. And hopefully you will. Yeah, those 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 vital questions of who, when, where, why, whom, what, um, they can, man, you can just go for months on that. Who wrote the book? What do we know about who wrote the book? What is, why is this significant? Is it, see the is, I can throw in, is it this? Is it that? I can, I can, I can start coming up with more vital questions. Literally, I could turn it into all day. Because the one thing I, I, I think I excel at in Bible study is asking questions. I think, I think, I have my, I think when you're a, bi, when you're a Bible student, you, you have to determine where your strength is and where your weakness is. My strength, I think, is I can ask questions all day. Who, what, where, what about this? And 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 why this? And why that? And how come this? And, and is this? And, and people like, just stop. I think my weakness is knowing when to stop asking the questions. All right, I'll stop. All right, you can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. These, these kinds of episodes are always difficult for me because when I start talking, like like if I was at church, right? If I was at church, just, just, just you may care or you may not care about this. I'll just say this to conclude. These kind of episodes are always hard because if I'm at church, right? I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to be doing. And, and the same, you know, pretty much the same people may show up depending on who's missing, but they kind of know what to expect. Like when we're working on Mark 2, 26, like for example, on Sunday, there were visitors, right? And as soon as I saw the visitors, I'm like, oh no, no they've never been in a church who's working on Mark 2, 26, the way we are. What do I do? What do I do? How do I approach this? Well, if I was just with the same group of people, I'd like, all right, guys, we're just going to work through this tonight. It, it wouldn't really matter. But then when you go live, you're like, I don't know who's listening tonight. I don't know. There's going to, and so they won't have a clue what's going on. But at the same time, I can't worry about that because I'm trying to do something different, right? I'm not just trying to say, 
boom, I'm going to teach it. I'm trying to literally walk through the steps with you. So it, it comes across not as polished. And so then I'll second guess myself in doing it that way. But I'm going to try to do, there's going to be episodes that's going to be like this. I try to say that from the beginning. Some of the episodes are not going to be so polished and put together. They're going to be like us sitting down together at a table with all of our open books and go, okay, so what do you think about, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to ask this question. And if you've got questions that you've asked that I did not mention, let me know which questions you asked and what answers you discovered. All right, I'll stop right there. You can contact me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. All right. Everyone have a good night. Continue to work on the book background of the book of Amos, trying to find out all the information so that we can be better prepared that when we actually step into the book, we're as ready as we can be to actually start taking the book apart. All right. There we go. Everyone have a great night. God bless.